0: You might have heard that the Talica boys were going to play some heavy shit tonight.
1: Welcome to Metal Tales from the Road. I'm Ethan Luck, and of course, we have a special guest, a patron, which, by the way, thank you, all the way from the UK, Mr. Alan Ashcroft.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, man?
2: Good. I'm good, good, mate. You?
1: I'm doing pretty well. Um, Alan is reporting from his car currently. <laughs> he just finished <laughs> a shift at work, and or maybe you're still working, technically, but... Uh, we, we found a way to, to, to make the time happen with a six-hour difference, and here we are.
2: Yes. have been looking forward to it. It's been nice to finally talk
1: to you. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, I'm sure you had a great time at, uh, at Donington. Bo- I know you went both nights. We're going to talk about night two, of course. And, uh, and also, we appreciate you being a patron. Um, anyone listening knows at this point, if you don't know, this is insane, but... If you become a patron, you get to do fun things like this and come on the show and talk to either me or Clint about a show you've gone to, uh, either a future show coming up or in the past. So, dude, thank you for being a part of it.
2: No bother. I only I only went to night two, unfortunately. Oh, you so, did. Well, perfect. I only got the second night, yeah. So, <laughs> so
1: how was night one?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was brilliant.
1: <laughs> Great, awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> See you later.
1: <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, I, I I really would love to intro you know introduce you to the to the listeners and have them get to know you a little bit and uh i want to talk about your metallica history when you got into the band how you got into them your favorite record first record you heard first song you heard and, and all those details man because that's a it's a fun thing to learn about people doing this podcast is is their origin story you know everyone has one with the band and once you become a fan I, like i don't personally really know any casual metallica fans i know a few people that know enter sandman and nothing else matters but I'd say most of the people I know that are Metallica fans are like diehard fans, and that's just the kind of band that they are. And I'm, I can only assume you're one of them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's. Um, I suppose I'm a similar age to yourself. I'm only I'm only a year older than you. Um, right. So um, luckily, um, like my dad listened to various different music growing up. He, he liked his music, so I liked the Beatles and a bit of AOR, a bit of the Eagles, Led Zeppelin, classic blues rock, that kind of thing. So I, I kind of liked all that, as you do. Um, and then when I got to what we call senior school, so that's, uh, 11 to 16, mm-hmm. I met my brother, brother from another mother, Gary, and, um, he was, um, quite advanced for his age. I mean, even at, at age nine, he had like appetite for destruction with the original, the band cover on it. Oh, and, yeah. Um, iron maiden. And then he got, um, he had ride the lightning and justice for all. And I'd never heard anything quite that heavy. Yeah. And basically we became friends uh, about age 12, 13, really. And he lent me a tape that had and Justice just for All on One Side. And it was like a C120. So it was like, like 120 minutes. And then he'd, he'd filled the back half with um, Iron Maiden, No Prayer for the Dying. Oh, nice. So, um, I mean, that was a bit more of an easy listen. But I remember sticking the tape on and Blackened was the first song I heard. And, like, I just remember never it scared me almost. <laughs> I never heard anything, like, so heavy and, like, so angry, but so accessible, I suppose, because, like, you assume a lot of metal that's that at that level of like, um, aggression is like inaccessible, but that's, I think that's the thing with Metallica. Yeah. The, the songs are a lot more classic sounding and the, the, they're more accessible to like listeners from coming from like lighter music. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my gateway and we bonded quickly over music. Then I heard lightning that he lent me cause he had it on, he had that on wax. Um, he sent me just justice on wax as well, but he, he put it on a tape as we did. <laughs> of course. The, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then, um, we went on a school trip, and that was the first time I'd heard the Black Album. We had a tape of that, and we shared like a headphone each. Oh, yeah. From one Walkman <laughs> listening to the Black Album, and that cemented our like our proper friendship. And, um, it's yeah, that's been it. After that, the first album we got new that we hadn't heard before was Load. Okay. So that was 96. And we, unlike I know yourself, you kind of got off the train a bit there. I think you've said on the a show little bit, yeah. So yeah yeah and but we we really loved it like we queued outside uh, what HMV I don't know if you've heard of that maybe she oh, house, yeah, like, oh a yeah. record store i've i've bought an yeah, albums from HMV before yeah it's a shame it's all gone the way it's gone in the UK there's not other than Independence, there's not really any big proper music stores anymore right you know what is um, crazy
1: is in in uh, Japan there's like a tower records had a resurgence there's like a bunch of tower records there now yeah. Yeah, of all wow, places. That's crazy, which is that cool. Is,
2: I have shopped at Tower Records in New York. Yeah, yeah. When I went to New York, yeah, oh, I loved. It, it's all gone now, has not it? I think. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I so, loved Tower yeah. Records. I used to work at a Tower Records in Orange County, California. Uh, it was it was kind of a short lived job because I ended up finding another job pretty quickly that, that paid more or whatever. But I loved the the short time I spent there. Just. You know, doing even doing inventory, the stuff that everyone hated. I was like, well, all that means is I get I have to scan all these, but I just get to flip through every record we have in the store and all that stuff. And I loved it. Um, I wanted to go back to one thing you yeah. said, which I, I is one of those things that I've really loved. You know, I, obviously, I've collected cassettes again and stuff like that and made mixtapes for friends and friends' kids and stuff. But you mentioned, you know, with your buddy, like one walkman and sharing sharing the earbuds, right? <clears throat> I, had a, I had a friend that I'm still, I'm still tight with. Uh, that I went to high school with, and we did the exact same thing. Whatever tape one of us got that the other guy didn't have, we would meet up in we had a ceramics class together to make like pottery and stuff, you know. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it was like what we, what we call an elective over here. It's just a, kind of a, more of a fun class. And our teacher was really cool about letting us listen to music while we were working on our projects. And him and I would sit next to each other, and same thing you and your buddy did: share each each person's got a side of the headphones, you know. Or I think he he had a set that you could you could take the earbuds off of the thing that goes over your head. And we would sit there yeah. and just um, like I, I I specifically remember like coming in and he was like hey I got that Rust in Peace album by Megadeth and I was like oh my God we got to listen to it you know <laughs> and so and yeah we, that's and, brilliant. yeah and we didn't <laughs> you know and and when you're that age I'm sure you were the same way like I didn't know what mono and stereo was so I didn't know that listening to one earbud no. I wasn't hearing what the left or right guitar was doing it didn't matter though I, it was all this new exciting thing kind of like when you heard you know this tape with blackened on it or no prayer for the dying or whatever um it was just an yeah. exciting time when you're that age just this little musical sponge absorbing anything that everyone would throw at you and then you decide if you like it or not and it's just you know it, it's it's tougher when we get older right in our 40s and it's like there's there's not a lot that or if anything that you hear that it's like like i've never had the reaction like i've never heard something like this before you yeah know, that doesn't really happen anymore
2: <laughs> yeah it's
1: almost like a musical naivety
2: isn't it like when you're younger and like because you you haven't heard anything and then you absorb it like a sponge but then the next thing you hear that's like that right you have then instantly have something to compare it to don't you
1: yeah exactly i think
2: that's what that's what happens and then as you get older you get you've heard more and you're a bit more jaded maybe yeah um and and things don't have that same impact because you're so young and green and you just want like it's like a computer isn't like more input like you know Mm -hmm. like short circuit more input (laughs) more. that's right yeah, Johnny <laughs> that's,
1: Five. <laughs> that's right. He always needs more input. I'm surprised they haven't remade yeah, that yeah. movie with the, with the Hollywood like tries to reboot so many franchises. Maybe they have and it went straight to yeah. video or TV or something. But um,
2: <laughs> I love those movies. Grown up. Yeah, same. The 80s was kind of a peak era for them kind of movies, wasn't it? Like Back to the Future and Short Circuit. Oh and God, and yeah. Stuff, Ghost stuff like that. They were all brilliant. Yeah, so. be,
1: being a being a, a young kid in the 80s was a really looking back now. At the time, it was it was obviously exciting, but Looking back now, it's like, man, we were really fortunate to have such amazing movies to grow up watching. Like, you know, you mentioned Back to the Future. Like, that's to this day still one of my favorite trilogy series of all time. You know?
2: Yeah. You it's know, like so, timeless
1: and always will
2: be. I think definitely. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that,
1: you know, it's like that. The you know the Rocky series. You know, is my my favorite movie is Rocky, the first Rocky. But obviously, that came out in '77, right before I was born. But you know getting to those when you know rocky four was huge in the 80s you know it was like you know especially with yeah. like the big usa russia thing and that was happening politically i didn't know at the time you know i didn't care i'm yeah. like this is just a sweet boxy movie where the the, the good guy wins you know <laughs>
2: yeah. the
1: one line i always remember from that's
2: where Dolph Lungen goes if he dies he dies that's right. yeah exactly
1: <laughs> he dies he dies and then he does i must break
2: yeah. you <laughs> yeah good movies though like you say they don't make them
1: that no more um, i know well i watched
2: creed 3 the other day it wasn't too bad creed 3 wasn't too bad i think man so. I,
1: I feel ashamed as a rocky fan that i still haven't seen that yet
2: <laughs> like, ah, I, the first yeah. two I,
1: I thought were great you know um it does feel a little bit weird to have a rocky adjacent movie without stallone in it but i understand why he's not in it um but i do need yeah. to watch it I'll, maybe i'll watch that this week um but uh yeah man it was just so exciting and with movies and then music's the same way it's like like, like i mentioned before it's like Hearing something for the first time that is like nothing you've ever heard, like when I first heard. Now I, I'm using air quotes right now. Heavy music. It, it was like the glam rock stuff, Bon Jovi and Poison and stuff like that, because that was all over MTV when we first got that. Yeah, we, my dad like sprung for basic cable when we got MTV, and I always thought that was like heavy music. I'm like, wow, this is this is heavy metal. You know, this is so cool. Yeah. And, and then I discovered, oh no no no, this isn't heavy. <laughs> this is. <laughs> the, <laughs> And then and then you hear you know all of the things yeah exactly yeah. then you hear Dire's Eve and you know w- w- you know Damage Inc. And you're like okay there we go that's that's heavy and so that th- that just blew my brain in half when I started hearing that kind of stuff the same way you did
2: yeah that's it and, and like I thought I used to find I mean Gary my best mate would bat me up here you tell people you like, like heavy metal or heavy music and instantly that's everyone's impression is kind of that that classic new wave of British heavy metal thing, or like, like you say, like the poisons and the motley crews, and they don't realize almost like there's this other genre that isn't really like that. Yeah,
1: exactly. So it is interesting though. I I feel like, you know, the, the, the the older I get and look back on that kind of music is, you know, bands like Metallica will cite the new wave of British heavy metal as like one of their main influences, you know, besides motorhead and and whatnot, thin Lizzie or whoever. And, uh, but it's interesting to me that a lot of what we know now as heavy metal kind of took the musicality of of the new wave and ran with that, and then the high pitched singing kind of veered off into glam rock. You know, it's, yep. al- it's almost like that genre from from Britain split into two genres in a way. I think I don't yeah, know. <laughs> like the,
2: yeah, it mixed like the punk thing as well, didn't it? Because I yep. think that was the thing with Metallica and Slayer and that they look more like their fans. Mm-hmm. whereas obviously them other bands were a bit more like the pirate technics and look out you know we're great on our instruments and it's not the metallica and slayer and that weren't obviously but yeah they just they they carried with them the look of their fans and they, they weren't trying to distance themselves right. i think and, that, and that's a big difference as well i think that punk yeah. that punk attitude
1: yeah for sure where, and and you know I've, I've said this numerous times in the podcast that you know that 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 punk influence that punk attitude you know that that was very transparent to me, and and it, it was a huge reason of me getting into punk rock. You know, hearing gra- yeah. gra- you know Garage Days re revisited for the first time, thinking those are Metallica songs, then going, oh no, that's the Misfits or whatever. And then, well, yeah. well, I should check that out. You know, that's always that's always the fun game with music is is playing that musical history game. Like, okay, I love you know pink floyd who were they influenced by oh that band okay i'm gonna listen to that band now or same with metallica you know it's like oh they're influenced by budgie and iron maiden and priest and all these bands like maybe i should check that out too and and i did when i was the like, junior high was like almost like this cesspool of music that i just i couldn't get enough of and there was so much to choose from and it was just like this yeah. o- opening my world to, to all new stuff
2: yeah we were the same like raiding your dad's record collections or whatever you could find and then thinking oh this is great and even quite commercial stuff, like, you know, I'd really not really heard the police that much. And then you'd hear that and you go, wow, this is amazing. Or yeah. I knew the Beatles really well and stuff. But, and then Zeppelin, Gary's dad had literally every Zeppelin album. So he <laughs> yeah. started, started hitting all the Zeppelin records. And I mean, Gary knew a lot of them anyway because his dad used to play them to him and stuff. Yeah. So, but it was just that literally like, like, we were best buds, but we had that music thing was like really the common bond, yeah. really. And, um, yeah. And, and that, You never replace that. You go looking for it as you get older. That like that thing of finding that new thing and finding that new thing, and then Mm -hmm. you realize that well that well is a little bit finite, and eventually you get to the point where you've kind of done it all, right? (laughs) And there's nothing (laughs) left to find, and it's quite quite depressing. But then you go and find a different genre, maybe, and then you'll start mining that seam almost, Mm -hmm. and that's that's kind of how we were finding
1: different bits and bobs. Yeah, exactly. And 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 you're right, where you you kind of hit a, a certain plateau, I guess, where it seems like there's nothing new. It really it's more there's there's nothing new that is making you feel the same way as when you first heard metallica or first yeah Ever that's Maiden. probably like, it, actually and 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 you know and that's okay it, you know and there's other metal bands that i'll check out but i've already you know had a band called metallica that kind of set the bar and it's yeah, like
2: for you. <laughs> yeah in a
1: way in a way they did you know because i'm not a huge metalhead there's a lot of metal bands that i like but i don't exclusively listen to metal you know not by a long shot i you know if you could go through my record collection it's pretty diverse um you know beatles to metallica to whatever and um yeah, yeah there's just there, there's other bands that people will try to turn you on to or they're maybe they're posting about on social media or something and i'll check them out and i'm like i mean they're really good and they're talented and they've got some good songs but man this is not as good as creeping death or this is you know it that's that's like the unfortunate part about being a metallica fan is because if you recognize how good they are and how good their songs are and how far superior their songwriting is to most metal bands it kind of makes it tough to get into newer metal bands
2: yeah that's kind of the point i was i, I i'd sort of been riffing in my head things i might chat about right. um, today while i've been at work and that that's exactly the point is the songs are that good then everything else is just too high a watermark for it to reach mm-hmm. and, that, and that is the big problem with metallica because like every album where the you know, I'll, I'll, I'll exclude one, and I'm sure you know which one I mean. <laughs> right. Every album has as like a solid, like solid gold b- banger on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then obviously some albums have more, and some have less. But yeah, exactly. They, they just they just have that classic sound. Like they like the hymns, like like the Beatles and and these other other bands. That the songs will just be around forever. And, yeah. And, and that's the difference. You're not going to re-listen to a lot of Slayer records or some of the early Megadeth records or that kind of because they don't have the same. They're not at that level. The songs are just aren't as good. It really is <laughs> tough. Yeah. I
1: mean, even the episode I did recently with Brad Blazik on Peace Cells, it's a solid thrash metal record, and I and I understand why it's considered a thrash metal classic. But listening to that mm. whole thing together with him, it was like, Man, there's a lot of great stuff on here, but it still isn't if we're talking about that era, it's like, well, that's not Master of Puppets. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> and, and and you know, it's like we often have to realize it's really hard and almost in sometimes lightning in a bottle for a band to write a masterpiece album you know yeah and it's like metallica's done it you know i think i think at least twice with puppets in the black album you know megadeth i can't say the same for slayer i can't say the same for you know some other people might disagree with me but um iron maiden i think they did it with peace of mind i think that's a brilliant record
2: yeah, Maiden have written some solid, solid gold, but they have a lot of filler on their records. That's the they downside of do, yeah.
1: Maiden, I think. Yeah, yeah. Peace of Mind is the one record that I I can definitely listen to front to back, and maybe that's just because I've been listening to it for so long. You know, you know, similar to yeah. you at a certain age. You know, you said you were around twelve. You know, getting into this stuff, things impact you differently when you're that young. You know, it's like even if even if let's say Metallica never existed until now, and all of a sudden today I hear Master Puppets for the first time it may not excite me the same way it did when I was 12 or 13 years old, you know, cause it's I, my brain is different now. I've, I've, I've grown up obviously and my tastes are, are, yeah. are much wider. So it is a tough thing. And I, I'm just thankful that I got into them at that age. Cause I, I've tried to play s- songs by them for like, you know, family members that are young, like nieces and nephews. And they're just like, no, th- this does nothing for me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's frustrating. <laughs> right. You know, you, because of course yeah. you want any you know whether it's your friends or family you want people to be somewhat like minded in certain tastes right not everything of course but it's yeah, like you ah. like to
2: share your likes don't you as well that's it you like to share what you like because you, exactly you I like think other people would like it too yeah so. like if,
1: if if like let's say my nephew for example gets into Metallica it's like man I would love to fly back to California and take him to a show like that would be really fun you know but it's like you know yeah everyone's brain different everyone everyone's brain tells. Tells themselves, you like this or you don't like this. So you know, but at the end of the day, we like it. We're having a good time doing it. So
2: that's the main thing, isn't it? I think that. But um it is like my little girl; she's six, and like I have stuff on. I have to be careful, obviously, because of you know various bad words and things like that. But of I course. try not to censor art, as it were. I'm sensible what I expose her to, but sure. If it's if it's meaningful in the song, I try not to like censor it, but I'll I'll try and maybe make a diversion when that point comes up. Yeah. But, um, clear your throat she, real she likes yeah she likes quite a bit of the stuff that i listen to so it's quite cool so but you never know whether a taste will, will change as she gets older mm-hmm. um, And I, and i do feel bad for like i was saying this to i work with a few people who are quite a bit younger than me and i feel like for them music's kind of not the same as it was when we were kids because you would save all your pocket money i mean you and clint have mentioned this times on the show You'd save your pocket money, and you'd go and buy that CD as it was at the time, and that oh, yeah. would be like two weeks' money or whatever. And then you would literally just like run run tracks out of it on your CD player until you <laughs> wore it out, and you would you'd thumb the booklet until it was like you know there's barely any print left on oh, it. Oh yeah, and know all the words and the lengths of the songs and who produced it and every other little bit of it. And kids today, they they, they one they don't get the physical media anyway. And two, it's all there available on Spotify or Mm -hmm. whatever you're streaming from. And that's great that all of this is accessible because me and Gary talk about that now. Like, you can access them. Like, when we were kids, you'd hear about these records. Like, it was always bonded by blood for us. Everyone said, oh, if you're into thrash, you need to get bonded by blood. And, like, we could never get hold of it. I had it on order from my (laughs) local CD shop for about four years. And they could never get hold of it because it was out of print. Yeah, And, like, we never heard of it. And then like now you can access that on Spotify straight away. And so you immediately got access to these things. And I think it makes a difference on on your appreciation of it because you had to learn. I think Clint mentioned this on one of the podcasts recently. You had to listen to the album. or Maybe it was yourself. It was one of you. You had to listen to the songs you didn't like whether you did or whether you wanted to or not cuz we were on a tape or yeah. whatever and you couldn't skip them. <laughs>
0: the, yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Until you got a fancy walkman or tape deck that could send could detect the silence and then it would stop after a song yes. or whatever like <laughs> yeah. my cassette auto seek or whatever it Exactly. Was. Yeah. <laughs> my my the cassette deck yeah. in my in my in my forerunner uh, has that feature. Which is funny, you can like skip it. It'll it'll have like numbers. It'll be like it'll be like skip one, two, three or whatever. Which I never do just because I mean, even if there's like a song I don't like on a on a tape and I'm driving around running errands, I'll just listen through it, you know. Um But that yeah, that was more exciting in a way and and it is kind of a shame that like, you know, a younger generation won't experience that. They're experiencing it in a whole new way. But the tough part is, especially with social media and algorithms and all that stuff, is that now the norm is to see something as fast as possible and have it move on to something else as fast as possible so unfortunately you yeah. might hear a cool song on an ad on instagram or tiktok or whatever or a video that has a song behind it i just can't imagine and i'd maybe i'd love to be proved wrong but i can't imagine some kid hearing that going oh whoa what was that and then i'm gonna go look it up on apple music or spotify and see what it is you know i mean i see i see yeah. you know younger kids like teenagers and younger that are just sitting there on their phone just they're swiping so fast through stuff. So it's like, I can't imagine anything coming close to having the impact that it had on us when we were that young. Cause that was the so, only choice. It was. And like and
2: I think our parents, like that they were the same, like, and maybe it's even their parents. Like you had to go and physically buy the item. And then it was like, if it was rubbish, you had just had to tolerate it yeah. until um, you could buy your next one. Exactly. And like that's what my dad did as he was a teenager in the sixties and, you know, he was buying Beatles records and singles and all the other Mersey beat stuff and whatever else took his fancy. Yeah, and again, it's the same as I was as a kid. But that's all gone now, really. I think from the from probably Clint's generation on, because obviously he said he was that, like later into the '90s when he started getting into the stuff. And then, yeah, you know, he was probably the last generation that experienced that. To be mm-hmm. honest, so,
1: yeah, it's pretty wild, man. Standard or you or, or I mean, like, sound
2: like, like two old men moaning now <laughs> i know
1: right yeah this is just a screaming at the clouds episode it's it <laughs> yeah. but it's interesting too like it, it, to me it's like a. i'm sure there's plenty of case studies happening about the effects of social media and the instant gratification world that we live in and stuff like that you know um but it is interesting though just this how people get into new things now it's 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 if it's trending, then maybe something will get into somebody will get into whatever a band, a, a clothing style, whatever. But yeah, it, it is interesting to to watch. Like you know, I'm, I, I know I use my niece and nephews for, as an example, but watching them kind of go through their musical phases, it's more just well, my friends are into this, so I'm into it. You know, and now my niece is old enough; she's almost 19. <clears throat> excuse me, and now she's asking me to make her playlists of stuff. Ask- which is really fun, you know. It's it's the it's the same as you know you or I when we were twelve, thirteen years old, making our friends a mixtape. Now I can do that for my niece, so that's exciting. Now that she's expanding her her taste in music, you know, yeah, which I really love. That's a good
2: age. Yeah, that's a good age to be doing it as well, because obviously, as we've just said, that's uh, that's the way that's a the point where we're all, we were all doing it as mm-hmm. well, like trying to find the next big thing. But I mean, we we will. I think we were lucky growing up through that era of like the 80s into the 90s because then obviously there's that big thing everyone makes in 91 where like bad motor finger and the 10 and oh, the yeah. black album never mind never mind and all that were released yeah. within a week of each other or whatever it was and, yep. it's like, and usually you'd being the other one. and like it, it was we were spoiled really
1: <laughs> yeah and blood sugar sex so. magic chili peppers
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Chili's as well. Yeah. I recently just so,
1: saw that meme going around again. It's 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 it started going around about I don't know, maybe yeah, a, keep, a year ago, but cycling back around, Yeah. <laughs> it came around the other
2: week, I remember. What's so, wild but, is I it?
1: mean it's true. Yeah, totally true. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is you could you could go look at a master list of everything released in ninety one and probably find a bunch of other amazing records. Like Octune Baby was ninety one, I believe. You know, by U two. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's a great record. But um, but yeah, man, that's cool. Was your dad at all into any kind of heavy music, or was it, or was it like Led Zeppelin, or maybe the heaviest or something?
2: Yeah, Zeppelin and sort of AOR, really, bit of Journey, um, which can, you know, borders on that, you know, right, heavier rock.
1: Hey, they're a cool he band. Wasn't
2: really into anything kind of um, heavier than that, really. I wouldn't yeah. have said it was more the AOR, like the Eagles and mm-hmm. Zeppelin and all that, all that '70s stuff. I think you switched off when it went to the 80s. He hated '80s music. He still does now. <laughs> And I'm, I'm like, dad, like you got to listen to this record by like Spandau Ballet. Listen to the musicianship. Like it's insane.
0: Mm-hmm,
2: yeah. And, and he, and he, and, and he appreciates stuff. And I think when I pointed out to him, he finally realizes he was probably wrong back in the eighties. <laughs> but back then he was, he, he just wouldn't have it. Like he hated Duran. Yeah. You know, and like, he listened to the, the bass and drums on Duran, Duran records. They're insane how, how good they are. Yeah. And like, he just, can't, he just wouldn't appreciate it. I mean, as I say that probably doing him a bit of disservice. Like he quite liked, liked a bit of tears for fears and, some of that level of stuff and sure. you know all kind of a similar vibe but i think like i grew up through the 80s and you were simulated without really noticing it from the radio and things right so then as you get a bit older and you start to get that little ear for music and you hear things then you revisit the 80s you realize how good some of that stuff was and, mm-hmm. and i think both you know i think me dad's learning it through me
1: <laughs> now, <laughs> there so, you go
0: yeah.
1: i mean if you if you can put on hollow notes private eyes that album I mean, that thing is yeah. chock, chock full of bangers on there. And I think maybe back then, and maybe the equivalent now, is that a lot of the, that, the good songwriting musicianship was a little overshadowed by 80s production. Yes, you know, it was. Yeah, it, kind, it kind of took a little bit of the feel away. It's I, I say this a lot about reggae music. Like reggae in the 60s and 70s was so good and soulful, and there was so much feel to it. And then, and I do this on the road sometimes when I'm in a record store, I'll. I'll go to the reggae section, and if anything is after maybe eighty or eighty-one, I usually don't buy it because the production's going to be very '80s, you know. And this, and I think the same thing happens <laughs> yeah. now with like, like I remember when my niece was getting into like EDM music. and I'm just like shaking my head, I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's probably similar <laughs> to the '80s, but I don't know. Some what the little bit of EDM I've heard, I don't really hear great songwriting. But when I hear a yeah. Tears for Fears song or a Crowded House or something like that, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, <clears throat> I only dream to write a song as good as Everybody Wants to Rule the World or something.
2: Yeah, I mean, that album's amazing, but that, that song in particular, you can see why, I mean, that's why they were massive hits, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it's all that stuff, Chicago, I mean, my dad loves Chicago, I should have mentioned that, yeah, uh, yeah, Foreigner and stuff, and the level of production on that stuff, and the musicianship, obviously, because it was all them session cats like Landau and Luke Arthur and all them guys, like... Right just insane musicianship as well as this top level production but it, it mm-hmm. very much of its time like right know, as you say but and then you had all the i mean for me all of the sort of more underground 80s stuff like um rem like i love them they're, they're probably my third favorite band yeah cool and then you got the smiths and all the sort of the uk type stuff like that like the cure the smiths oh, bands yeah. like that. so love the cure it, yeah just great great bands and like I'm sure there's bands like that out there now, but they just they don't hit like they used to. Or you just they're harder to find on Spotify, like you say, mm-hmm. because of the algorithms
1: and well, there's, I mean, there's that just that so way, much out too. It's like it's like we're mm-hmm. having it's I, I, how do I put this the the streaming services we have now I think are a, a equal parts blessing and a curse. A blessing because wow I can find that Bonded by Blood record or I can find this rare maybe Tears for Fear song or something. On the other side of things, it's like, well, there's just so much out there. It's like a, it's a huge flooded market of music, whether it's someone like me recording right here in my home studio and putting it on Spotify or all the way up to like a Taylor Swift. It's like, it's so hard to get any kind of discovery on those, on those apps. Yeah,
2: definitely. Let It Burn's great, by the way. It's often on in our house.
1: (laughs) Oh, thanks, man. That's awesome. Do you have the vinyl copy or just digital?
2: No, I, I missed out on buying it when you had them on the, um, available and yeah. then so i ended up just having to stream it yeah so, but um yeah and lily loves um stand up she loves that's so favorite song oh out. cool that's awesome that's awesome, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, well hey things along things along to it's brilliant
1: so <laughs> yeah i
2: really enjoy, i really enjoyed it oh it that's fantastic. really cool
1: that's cool man well i appreciate that yeah i worked hard on that record and paul did a great job of course engineering and mixing and yeah add, sounds, adding sounds all his amazing,
2: stuff yeah
1: that's the paul milk way man you record with him it's it's not going to sound bad. I can guarantee that.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds brilliant. Absolutely, and and it's very, very evocative of the the stuff that influenced you. You know, the mm-hmm. reggae style thing. You can hear all of the influences
1: of the '70s stuff in it. It's oh yeah, brilliant. Oh yeah. Well, I appreciate that, man. Thank you yeah. very much, man. <laughs> well, no we'll, no well, <laughs> well, speaking speaking of uh, amazing music and let's say better music, let's talk about this Metallica show. Um, I appreciate you going through your journey. I love getting on these little tangents about. <clears throat> bands we like and cassettes <laughs> and whatever you know it's really fun um, but yeah kind of walk us through I know you said you just went the to night two um, kind of walk us through you know getting there was it maybe uh, was security difficult did it take a while to get in because we've heard different stories about you know some people are like oh I got in really fast and got straight to my spot or it's like oh get there early it took a while you know meeting up with different friends kind of walk us through that
2: well with it being like the four day festival um, I live quite locally to the site um i'm only about 25 minutes away nice but there'd been loads of traffic problems on the main roads on like the wednesday and thursday like two three hour four hour hold up some people sat in queues longer than that i think so uh, because i only had the day ticket i missed out and that's a lot of people arriving for the whole weekend like camping so Mm -hmm. i was wondering how the day would go so i set off somewhat early although the arena was open to get in Right. Um, and then I, I struggled to find the car park cause I thought I'll go the, I, I know the roads around here. I'll go this way and it blocked it all off. So I had to go around another way. Um, I get to the car park, walks over the bridge, expecting to get hustled by security. I was straight through. It was dead straightforward. It was a bit of a walk cause obviously it's such a big site. I sure. mean, it's, they reckon there's about 120, 130,000 people there over the Damn. weekend.
1: That's,
0: that's a few. And, um,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a few, too many people. Right. Um and and it was a lovely like luckily like download often rains um but every day was like beautiful like sunshine and, awesome you know probably a bit too hot for some people but uh, I don't mind it. it was about 26 27 on the uh, on the day I went that's not, yeah that's so, not bad in, in,
1: in, I'm thinking in fahrenheit that's that's pretty comfortable <laughs> for me but i know in the yeah, uk yeah, sorry yeah i don't know in fahrenheit <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you come to the south in the middle of july or august and you'll feel some heat man <laughs>
2: Yeah, I can imagine it's, well, it's like another level. I mean, the only thing with England when it gets hot is it gets humid. Yeah, totally. Um, and
1: obviously the hum-
2: humidity is often worse than even the actual temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it was, um, yeah, straight through security, uh, straight to the beer tent. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Picked myself up a beer and then um, hung around deciding what I was going to watch because I kind of had a plan in my head. Like me and Gary, the first ever gig we went to was Metallica. Um, they did Escape from the Studio in 95 at yeah. Donington. Um, and that was our first ever gig that our parents would let us go to wow. you know, rock and metal music, are, you know, satanic and people <laughs> sell us drugs, you know, and all this kind of
1: thing. Well, what a cool era so, to um, see your first show too, because it's like load hasn't come out yet. They're still technically kind of finishing up the black album era. So you're seeing yeah. like a really, uh, really cool era of the band where they're probably sounding tight as hell at this point. They're starting to work on the yep. new record and all that stuff. And, uh, man, that's, I'm jealous of that show. Damn.
2: Yeah, they still had Jason there as well. And obviously, he's the guy that technically we grew up with. We didn't realize who Cliff was initially, and then we sure. learned later on. And then uh, we've got two new songs as well, because they played 2 by 4 and Devil's Dance, although Devil's Dance was very much a work in progress. Yeah, yeah it was a great <laughs> gig. Um, I mean, I could get into that, but it'll be a long conversation. But yeah, we're a first <laughs> gig. as first gigs go. That's pretty much up there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing, man. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. When we did that we noticed as the bands were coming off people would would move away from the rail so then you knew that was your time you could move a bit more close because obviously once to get to the front for Metallica at that gig mm-hmm. and then I was on an hour like I'm 45 now and I thought do I really want to be crushed at the front on the rail it, at a festival I'd have been quite happy doing it at a stadium yeah at Metallica gig but not at, like festival with other bands I thought do I do it so I thought I don't know so I went and some municipal waste and had some food and they, and they were great they' are cool school, yeah fresh. And then there was a, a little meet-up with them. There's two chapters in, in the UK. There's um, Blackened UK and I think UK Apocalypse. Cool. So I, I chat, I, I'm not like big. Loads of people are really pally, but I, I don't I don't get too involved. I'm often busy with too many other things. So. Right. But I thought, I'll go down and say hello. So I went down, showed my face, had a photograph. And then I thought, I could stay with these guys. They're all really friendly and lovely. Or, you know, what do I do? So I thought, I'm going to have a couple more beers. I'll sit outside the main bit of the stage. And then I decided, right, no, this might be my only time to see him because obviously they're 60 now, aren't they?
1: Right, and yeah, exactly.
2: I was thinking, they've not got no other UK dates planned. Um, 24, there's no UK date, unless they had one now downloads gone, which I'm kind of fingers crossed that happens <laughs> right, yeah. I don't know yet. And I thought this might be my last chance, so I need to get to the rail. So I had yeah. a few more beers and then couldn't have any more because I was going to have to drive home a few hours' time. Yeah. So I had a Red Bull, and then I went in um, – so I watched um, Clutcher on, and then Alexis on Fire, who I've never heard, and they were quite good. James was watching them from yeah. the side of the stage. Oh, that's stage. cool. Yeah, they're they're a cool, cool. They're, they're see a cool
0: band. His,
2: yeah, seeing him in his cowboy hat with his cigar on, watching <laughs> Alexis on Fire. Yeah, he's definitely and then, um, he's
1: he's doing he's leaning into the cowboy thing even more. I've noticed like on stage on this tour, he's kind of wearing like some. It's almost like they're like leather pants, but they almost look like he should be hopping on a horse or something. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. they got that, like, almost stitching design on the yeah, side. Exactly, yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. Totally, man, but that's that's and cool. And, and,
2: embracing
1: and in a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, and you're right about, you know, the age thing. You know, we, we've we talked about that on the show, is that, you know, I mean, now's the time to see them just because, I mean, this tour is already pretty spread out. Like, I know it's more of a marketing thing to say and a PR thing to say, oh, a two-year tour, but it's like, well, this isn't a two-year tour like the Black Album was. You're not doing 200 dates a year, you know. These are... Very spread out, two shows a weekend, you know, because, you know, they're older. And so all to say is that if you have the chance to see them, now is the time. Because, I mean, who knows what the future is going to look like, you know. I mean, if you know, it's like the next album if they make one they might be in their mid 60s you know
2: and yeah it's crazy to think isn't it like 66
1: (laughs) you know and i think they're smart enough to know when to one day call it say hey i physically can't do this or that or i can't even come close to singing like this i mean right now they're sounding great i've been watching videos online and they sound awesome but i mean i don't there is there is an expiration date on stuff like that so so you're you're correct it's like get up to the rail now at the time
2: yeah, that was it. So um, I, I was a bit further back for Alexis on Fire. And then I can't remember who was next. It might have just been. Oh, oh i trying to think who it was. I can't think of the line. Anyway, I ended up right near the rail for Disturbed. And then I just stayed there. I was yeah. Disturbed was second. We'd be on just before Metallica. Although I was stood there thinking, like, I know I might need the toilet here. And I'm not going to do Luckily, I didn't. <laughs> but like, because it was like when Disturbed finished, it was an hour and 20 minutes before Metallica came on. And that was just. It's a long way to the top and then ecstasy before I right. played and I'm thinking can I manage this because I'd been in there a couple of hours at that point, but I sort of modulated my drinking <laughs> and sort of made it made it work to the end, which is kind of cool man so I, was I was about like, to I was about I was to like ask four or that. five people from the barrier at that point yeah <laughs> so.
1: that was going to be my next question was do you have a bladder of steel <laughs> if you're if you're having a few not
2: normally ethan no not normally <laughs> I'm like an old man
1: <laughs> oh man. Sorry. Well, dude, that's that's awesome. Um, well, before we get into the set list and stuff like that, what uh, what have been your thoughts about seventy two seasons?
2: Um, I I personally love it. Like, um, I think it's I think it was a bit of a grower. Um, the the first single looks I thought was amazing, and it yeah. was very because it, it was so short and sweet, wasn't it? Oh yeah. And it had that real kill-em-all vibe, like that new wave of British heavy metal. I thought, oh, this is amazing. And then I was a bit. I, I'm not. I say I wasn't disappointed with. Um, what's it called screaming suicide i liked it but i think if i take it in the in the context of the album it's fine right but if you take it as a standalone song it kind of suffers not being that great but i do like the way there's not really a chorus but it kind of catches that mania of the idea of the lyrics Mm -hmm. because you know in my work life and personal life i I can sort of understand what james was going for with that like you know the thoughts of taking your life and you know how you might be in that manic phase and wanting to do it and i think the music reflects that quite well but right right as, as a song not the best song and then the other two 72 seasons and um, darkness they're great songs oh yeah like? i think they, they stand up definitely and i know a lot of people have made a point of like you know i think you guys have said it there's a little bit of fact that you could trim off some of the songs etc
0: mm-hmm.
2: but i think in terms of the previous two albums so death and hardwired yeah I would argue there's more fat to be trimmed from some of them songs than there is from right. these songs. Or a bit from these songs that you could probably like, well, you don't have to repeat that twice. You could do it once, et cetera, <laughs> yeah, et cetera. Yeah. I think, obviously, they're just doing it their way, aren't they? And they're in the studio vibing off them, and they're like, and I know, play it again. You yeah. know, I can see why they do it. Well, and, it's frustrating as a listener.
1: <laughs> and isn't that, you know, regardless of our opinions of, you know, oh, maybe they could have not repeated that a, a second or third time. But at the end of the day, what we want is Metallica to be Metallica, you know? Yeah. And some yep. people think of that as, well, I want them to sound like puppets or this and that. I don't care. I just want them to put out good music at the end of the day. And if it's a yep. little bit longer than I would have done as a producer or as a player, so be it, you know? And and I, I'm with you on, like, Screaming Suicide, for example. Like, I thought that was maybe the weakest of the four singles. But if, that's, if that, to me, is, like, one of the worst songs on the record, we're still in a really good place. Because that song is still pretty – the more I listen to it as well – I listened to the whole record again recently on on a drive back home from a show, and I I was just like, "God, this song is awesome!" Like, it's not my favorite, but it's but if this is my least favorite song, this is a great record,
2: (laughs) you know? Yeah, that's it. Like, it fits in the vibe of the album, and it it doesn't doesn't overstay its welcome either. It is quite. It's not short, but it's not long either. Mm -hmm. So, um, I I am. I, I will be honest. I know you guys have defended him i am a bit miffed at kirk's contributions but, yeah like it doesn't put me off like me and gary have had some long chats about this right it, it, it annoys gary more because he was like it, gary was very much more like the although he's a massive james fan don't get me wrong yeah but he loved kirk and kirk solos gary's first expensive guitar was a black Les Paul custom because of kirk yeah um so it was kind of like along them lines um it, he's disappointed because it they were so influential to him as a young guitar player and a young music fan.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and he's just feels ultimately disappointed. And so do I like, but it doesn't detract from the songs. I just feel like he could do better. And, and yeah, I think like, if you listen to his older stuff, he's still shredding like he is on this one, but it's more, it's on tempo. It's more in the right keys. He's following the song. He's, he's capturing the mood of the song better than he does mm-hmm. now. But I think, as Clint pointed out, he's doing this comp thing, isn't he, where he just literally rips out these chunks of solos. And then Lars and um, what's-his-face, oh the
1: producer, Greg, Greg
2: are going through it all and then piecing together a solo, which is fine. But when you saw what Bob Rock did with him on on the other albums and Mm -hmm. the reason them solos are so great is because Bob's gone, no, that's that's shit. Do it again. He keeps pushing them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and that doesn't ruin the album. I, I I still love it. I think he plays some good bits on it. Like, um, I quite like the little kill 'em all, um, no remorsey parts in uh, too far gone that he plays. Like, the solo intro is very reminiscent of a lot of the ones off kill 'em all. Sure. And it's kind of like, yeah, Kirk, it's still there, you know, so. <laughs>
1: it's still in you. Yeah, yeah, he does have this new yeah. method of his improvisational kind of thing, which is again, like you said, it's totally fine. I do think he definitely stepped up from. I like these solos better than hardwired. Is what I'm saying. Um, yes. I yeah, think they, I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but again, I'm 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 just trying to do my best and sit back as a Metallica fan and go, you know what? We're still getting a new Metallica record at the end of the day. Like they're yeah. like, what if their last record would have been Saint Anger or something? And it's like, well, that's what they left with, you know, or, th- or they left on. Yeah,
2: that would have been terrible. Yeah, it yeah would have been I, a bummer. I agree with you wholeheartedly there, and that's what I've done. I just embraced it because. I'd heard the singles and then I got the I got the wax, um, which I love, but I, I, we, ironically enough, we've been decorating our house. So I've been wearing headphones, like painting ceilings, and yeah. I've just been rocking out to like in a Marata and like too far gone, like, yeah, too far, <laughs> painting oh, yeah. the ceiling. It's been, it's been <laughs> quite entertaining, but luckily it's given me that a bit like, same as sticking on on a car journey it's going into your ears and you're and you're responding to it but you, you're you're sort of absorbing it without realizing it yeah and i think that's the chunk about it being a grower i think if i sat there and just sat there and listened to it and listened to it and listened to it i'd probably get there as well yeah but it got there quicker because i was listening to it on repeat whilst i was doing other things yeah so then when i did stick it on to actually sit down with a book and read or sit down and just listen to the vinyl i was like yes you know and and yeah yeah i think as, as a holistic album. I think it's better than hardwired and death but there are songs on both them albums that are as good if not better than the songs that are on um 72 because mm-hmm. yeah, so, yeah. like atlas atlas rise for me is is a justice song you could stick that on justice and it would sound <laughs> yeah right
1: it's
2: one of my favorite songs off, the, off hardwired that is anytime t- any so,
1: anytime um, i've uh, i've put on 72 seasons uh, just for a casual listen other than the thought that I said earlier of like, I'm just stoked they're making records still. My other thought is like, I, I can't believe this is the same band that I got into when I was, you know, 12, 13 yeah. years old. It, it's the, you know, it's the bass player aside. It's like, wow, this, these guys are still doing it. This is wild, you know, and I'm just thankful yeah. for it. It makes me thankful to be a Metallica fan and thankful that they're putting out stuff at this high quality.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like if you look at the the career paths of, what you would class as their peers, almost, or you know, nearly peers, like a lot of their quality of product is tailed off, and they're and they're just trading on the stuff that they did back in the '80s, almost the yeah. '90s. So, I mean, I think Maiden have kept up a level of quality, but they suffer a bit like Metallica, where they're masters of their own destiny. They haven't got to meet any deadlines, right? They haven't got someone over the shoulder going, "No, no, that's not good enough." They can do what they like. Mm-hmm. I think that, again, their their output suffers a bit for that um although the last album wasn't too bad actually i didn't mind that one the what's it um, called sen- 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 senjutsu
1: or how do you pronounce it sen- it's like the it's- Say that again
2: sorry what's the the main oh, senjutsu, yeah. senjutsu
1: that's right yeah yeah i loved book of souls that one before that i thought that was a really good record
2: mm. yeah i liked um i think brave new world was like unbelievable when bruce came back mm-hmm. and then uh it was kind of diminishing returns although there were still good albums all the way up to Probably um, final frontier. I wasn't so keen on, but we're yeah, got, we're diverging again now. We today. are, we are, we are. <laughs> but yeah, um, the, the quality there of the stuff. Yeah, I think Metallica still are putting out like like Lux Aeterna is just a stone cold banger, isn't it?
1: Really? Yeah, in a Maratha,
2: eleven odd minutes, and uh, like no. at no point do you think, I wish this would finish. You know, that's <laughs> it's just yeah, like, yeah. What's com- what's coming next,
1: <laughs> dude? Even before I, I I listened to the record in full for the first time, I, I remember seeing that on our Discord server. Is it people saying "In a Murata is 11 minutes long, but it doesn't feel like that? And I, in my head, before I even heard it, I'm like, "There's no way. There's got to be a part that d- comes across as boring or too long or whatever." And I was incorrect. Yeah. I listened to it, and I was like, "Wow, this is man front to back. This is a great song." And at no point did I feel that it was that long.
2: Yeah, exactly that. Like I think, like sometimes you listen to what's the um, instrumental of um, "Death Magnetic"?
1: Suicide and Redemption. Oh
2: first time redemption it just gets to the point where you're like you need to finish this now boys yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you didn't do any of that like you say 11 odd minutes and, the, and you and you actually wanting more almost at the mm-hmm. end of it like that's the crazy thing like i remember being a kid and getting power slave and i had rhyme with the ancient mariner on it's like 13 minutes or whatever it is yeah and like as a kid loved every minute of that 13 minutes but as an adult you're very much like i was just the middle bit i'm, I'm gonna turn this off now <laughs> <laughs> it just gets that little bit too long um, but no, Ina Murata, I mean, it's new, I guess. But it, yeah,
1: yeah, unbelievable.
2: I, I was hoping they might play it because it's download and it's like a festival, but they didn't. Right. Ah.
1: <laughs> I'm, I mean, I can't imagine them not playing it at a certain point, maybe a special kind of show or something, just because, I mean, it, especially Lars. He's in tune with what the fans are talking about. He's admitted to reading comment sections, stuff like that. And Ina has gotten mostly amazing feedback. And yeah. I feel like at a certain point, they're going to throw it out there, Maybe to show that some kind of unique show that's as special as their 40th anniversary show or something like that because you know they did Fixer at that yeah. one or whatever. So we'll see. I mean, time will tell. Um, but uh, but yeah, back to back to download. Um, sorry for the I, I, this is like a mini tangent city. I wanted to get your thoughts on that record, and I'm glad we talked about but it. No worries. No um, worries. But uh, so we, so I don't think I asked you this. Did you did you end up going, going to um, Donington by just by yourself?
2: Yeah. Um, Gary, we, we chatted and uh, I remember the weekend tickets came out and I was like, there's no, I can't do a weekend cause of work commitments and it's, you know, it's, it's an expense and family commitments and things. Sure, yeah. And then I thought I, I didn't want to miss both sets, but I had no choice. And then I, the day tickets got released this year
0: because
2: mm-hmm. the weekend ticket, the camping tickets were the year before. And I was like, omninar and I was chatting to Gary and I was like, and he says, like, I don't think I'll be able to make it. So I was like, no bother. And then the tickets went on sale that day, and I, I, saw, I was at work that day, same as today. And I was I was sort of thinking about it the whole day. They went on sale at 9, and I kept checking to see if they were available. Right. And I was driving home that night, actually back home to where I live, and uh, it's like a two-hour drive. And I was chatting to my wife on the phone, and I, I just said to her, look, I think I'm going to get a ticket. She goes, well, I'll come with you. And it's not her scene. She doesn't – she would have come <laughs> with me, but she wouldn't have enjoyed it. And I certainly couldn't have dragged her to the rail, and I can't leave her behind. Yeah, right. So I was like, no, you know what? I'll go on my own, you know, there's a couple of the chapters going, if I get, you know, a bit stuck, I can always sat, stand with them guys, you know, but you know, as as Gary always says, put your big boy pants on right. you know, and like, and go and do the thing that you want to do. And I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to go. Cause like, again, going back to the earlier conversation, they may not tour again here or mm-hmm. I might not get a chance to see them. So I had to do it. Yeah. So, really.
1: Well, you made the right call, man. <clears throat> Sorry, Gary, you couldn't make it. Yeah, definitely. It. <laughs>
2: Yeah, sucks,
1: guys. <laughs> <laughs> sucks to be you, Gary. <laughs> well, man, let me uh, let me read through the set list here real quick and then let me know some highlights for you. I mean, I can imagine song number one, Whiplash. That's the tour tour debut of the song. Um,
2: I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah was, I uh, mean,
1: great opener, of course. Um, yeah, I'll read the rest here. From the bell tolls, ride the lightning until it sleeps. 72 seasons of darkness out a sun. Sanitarium, you must burn, call it Cthulhu, Unforgiven, wherever my Room it sounds like I said, wherever I might roam, wherever I may roam, moth and a flame battery. <laughs> that sounds
2: very British. Yeah, that's right. Wherever I may
1: roam, I don't, I don't know how good my accent was, but <laughs> uh, moth and a flame battery, whiskey in the jar, one and her Sandman. Um, but yeah, starting off with Whiplash. I mean, the, uh, the other day, on I, I looked up. I always look it up on like, what is it? Setlist.fm, and uh, I looked up. I was like, oh, I think they're about to start in at Donington. So I looked up, and all it showed was like. A uh, long way to the top In ecstasy of gold I'm like okay cool the, Excuse me the show's starting And then like an hour later I checked in again And then I saw the open With whiplash I was like damn Coming yeah, in hot That was a Unexpected
2: um, We were um, We were all stood there And of course you're there with You're at the front So it's all the diehards And um obviously they played long way and then they did the xc gold thing and the next thing there was all these like red lines appearing on them tv screens and then we were all back to the anniversary shows and this guy goes it's whiplash and we we're like yeah it is it's whiplash. <laughs> yeah cool. they- they- there's like a bit of a tape and then they came out playing it <laughs> it was just yeah.
1: insane that's and- awesome
2: and then it went mad absolutely mad
1: <laughs> was that is that the song i know they did this a lot at that johnny's azula tribute show but uh, during Whiplash, was it like the the graphics where it's like old flyers and stuff like that on the screens?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think it was. That all that all that red red lines appearing, which
0: mm-hmm. is what they did
1: at
2: the anniversary. Cool. And then yeah, it was old flyers and stuff like that.
0: That's awesome. So, but, I mean,
2: it was like you know when you get a festival um, crowd, and it was nowhere near as mad as Download uh, Donington down '95, but as soon as someone wants to move, you all just kind of move in that same direction. <laughs> yes. So it's like trying to keep an eye on the band in the distance. Cause although we were at the rail, they had the snake pit. Yeah. So they were sort of mid stage and then the snake pit in front of them. So they was still a bit of a distance away. Um, so he's trying to keep an eye on them playing it and then listening into what's going on, shouting all the words and then like constantly swaying left to right. Like yeah. This. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you got, sometimes you got to just just go with the tide wherever it takes you, man. It's
2: uh, yeah, that's it. You can't resist it because it's just like
1: thousands of people shoving you one way. You got no choice. <laughs> yeah, you cannot block that. There's no way unless you're in the Incredible Hulk or something. But um, I've yeah, been at shows definitely. like I mean, most of the time at shows I usually stick around front of house just because I like to hear where it's going to sound best sonically. But the times I've been on the rail, yeah, you definitely feel that 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 energy and obviously the literal energy when the crowd starts swaying back and forth and stuff like that. But, yeah. but there's nothing like it, man. It's everyone's got to experience that once. Yeah. I think that I suffered with the sound for that. Like, cause I couldn't hardly hear James's
2: guitar cause I, it obviously wasn't mixed from where we were stood. Right. So I had a boatload of Kirk, like Kirk was hot. Like you could hear him as soon as he's soloed. That's all you could hear. Yeah. Um, and a, bit, and a bit of Rob cause obviously the subs under the stage, you can feel that more than actually hear it. Oh yeah. Um, but, yeah james's guitar didn't work for the first bit of the song where i was and then you he kind of heard it like someone had plugged the amp in and obviously <laughs> i know that's not the setup but that's what it sounded like right and then you could hear him but i don't know if that was just where i was and they plugged the speaker in this side or what it was but yeah there, I, I think i suffered from bad sound from through through the gig because of the position i was in at the stage front sure. there but what can you do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I decided to go to the rail, it's a sacrifice worth taking. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Well, man, what a, I mean, what a cool first batch of songs you got there, like Whiplash, Into Bells, Into Lightning, and then Until It Sleeps, which I'm stoked they're adding load stuff on the tour finally.
2: Yeah, I mean that that I, I Gary messaged me the next day because he looked at the set list and uh, he was like, "Oh, mate, that's a that's a that's a set list there. That first four songs." I was like, "Yeah, it was like insane." Yeah. The only downside was. Like it was great to see Ride. We had the Kill Ride medley when we went down into '95, which was great. Um, but obviously we didn't get the full songs, right? So to get all of Ride, which is one of my favourite songs of theirs, like that's absolutely like up there for me. Yeah, was was brilliant. And obviously Bells is Bells, isn't it? Like you, oh, yeah. you can't mess with Bells, the greatest song. Um, well, not their greatest, but one of their greatest songs. But then until it sleeps, like I could tell I was surrounded by quite a few um, diads because the vibe dropped. <laughs> um, and i know it has the slow intro anyway you know sure you play guitar and then and then lars doing his little drum roll but like the vibe dropped the energy dropped and i was like ah oh. because i love that song i love that it was the first album that we bought that was new mm-hmm. uh, me and gary um, but yeah that it, it was disappointing to see the audience kind of drop and then that is me yelling out every word and the guys that were yelling every word with me for all the, the other three songs they all kind of like, I'm not singing this. Yeah. That, I'm sure that's not what they were thinking, but right. that's yeah. kind of how it came across. So I loved it, but I think uh, I don't think they were too keen. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, that's a bummer. I mean, I get, you know, there's a lot of people that, that show up to these that are just old school fans or whatever, and they didn't really, maybe they wrote off Load and Reload or something like that, or didn't come back on the ride like I did with those records. But man, when yeah. I, I mean, the, the first show that happened on this tour, you know, when they did King Nothing, I was like, oh my God, like, finally you know yeah. like they only really do, you know it's like we, we hear fuel obviously you know or memory but man until it sleeps is yeah, yeah those are the main two they'll throw in there from the load reload era, which is reload really yeah but man it's so exciting just yeah, to see these songs come out right exactly and like there's so many songs i wish they would play off of those records but i mean the fact that they're doing this or king nothing it seems like to be the rotation from load is pretty is pretty awesome i i would have gone crazy for until it sleeps
2: I, I, I mean, we saw it. I saw them in '96 on the Tour and Me" tour, um, and that was obviously the album. So um, you know, we heard that then, and it was brilliant. And it was brilliant that night, like because um, Rob was like playing the fretless bass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as soon as the the chorus comes in, the you know, oh yeah, uh, it just really brilliant. And it sounded it sound like James sounded good. It, Kirk was a bit loud and a bit clammy as he is. But, you know, it was. Um, it was still great to, to actually hear it because like you say they haven't touched on them probably since that era really yeah so and i guess they're hearing up for the load reissue maybe in the next year or two i know so, right <laughs> maybe that's what it is i mean that's the next so, th-
1: those are the next box sets are load and reload so we'll see what happens
2: <laughs> yeah but no that was great and then they went off i think they went off what was on next and I then uh, <laughs> then
1: they do they, <laughs> then they do 72 seasons and, and uh, if darkness had a sun yeah
0: yeah. yeah, so
2: they went off stage at that point and then they were playing, they're just doing a lot of that. I think you guys mentioned it on the previous Metal Tales, they've done a lot of production work on the in between the songs.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, they were playing a few, uh, I think that was the video footage of like the crib and all the band stuff from the cover. Cool. And um, and then they came out with all that 72 season stuff. They've got like Rob's Yellow Bass and James's 72V. Yeah. And um, Lars's kit moved. So his kit was at the back center. And then he came on both wings of the of the snake pit, uh, and he was right next to us. He's literally in front of me. Oh, cool! Um, And and like, man, he hits so hard. No wonder he's tired at the end of one song. Like, (laughs) I mean, I I can play drums to a, a rudimentary level, and like. You know, hitting that hard for one song at my age would be hard, and and he does it at like sixty odd, and he's there I know, beating man. seven
1: shades of crap out of these drums. I mean, at that age, um, you really gotta know. you gotta keep up your health, like not just on the road but off the road too. You know, it's like <clears throat> you know hitting that hard, and I, and I've seen footage of him up close where I'm like, yeah, he's still hitting them hard, and he's what fifty nine, I think. You know, but but it, it requires a lot. You know, it's like any kind of athletic ability at that age you know you have to keep your body conditioned and all that stuff and it's a lot of work you know but he he doesn't he and he pulls it off and, and they're sounding real tight on this tour yeah
2: he's looking uh he looks quite slim so i don't know whether he's been working out or he's, you know he looks really he looked skinnier than i remember him for a yeah. long time to james too but not james. that he's ever been a big bloke. he just looked really like his arms and everything looked quite skinny i was a mm-hmm. bit worried at one point
1: are <laughs> <laughs> he you doing heroin but, um, again
2: <laughs> yeah um the downside of that when they moved it there because it's just it's a big stage right obviously you could hear him acoustically hitting the drum because he was so close to us and it was reverberating off the roof of the actual uh, stage and then you had the monitor mix coming at you so you kind of had this like he was hitting the drum and you'd hear the crack faintly and then you'd get the actual
1: hear the um, delay mic'd
2: up sound hit you in the, in the other ear right it was really but it was a bit off-putting trying to trying to listen to the songs because you could hear like this delay on the notes on the drums it was really weird (laughs) yeah
1: i'm sure yeah and there's also delay speakers set up for people that are further back and sometimes you can hear those from where you're standing so i can imagine it was a little of a a bit of a sonically confusing place to be during during or or whatever songs the kit was right there was it just those two songs he was there
2: he was there for like uh so he did 72 what was next 72 season
1: darkness and then sanitarium you must burn cthulhu
2: yeah they stayed there until i think they did sanitarium and you must burn and then they and then they moved him back to the center it was cthulhu next
1: yeah cthulhu was after you must burn
2: yeah that's when they went back to center stage because then i mean i was hoping to play that i wanted to see orion um but they played that on night one and i was like ah uh, dang it but then i was like well cthulhu if you're gonna have a second that cthulhu is nowhere in no way a bad substitute is it really yeah
1: exactly <laughs> exactly that's cool um and then i assume you know i've watched videos but i'm assuming that all the new tunes sounded killer live
2: yeah they were really good um i don't know i, I i've been thinking about how to say this in a nice way because a lot of people had a great time and so did i like i'm not i can't knock it they, they were a bit patchy and you know a bit sloppy at the start of the show mm-hmm. and i guess like you were saying when you do the black album tour you're doing 200 shows like, and you're doing them like not night after night, but as you know, like you're doing three or four on the bounce and then you're going and doing two and then you're doing another three and you're doing them all in quick succession. But I think cause they're doing these two odd nights and there's big breaks in between. They're not really hitting that match fitness.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Does that make sense? So it, the, there was a few sloppy elements, not enough to put me off. You know, they've never been like, they're not like a Slayer where they play and it's almost like the record. They're, they've never <laughs> right. been that kind of band anyway. Um, so, you know, they just they lack like that little bit of edge. I think. Yeah. But they pulled it through as they got into the the new stuff. Obviously, I guess they've been playing that more than some of the other stuff because you've been recording, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. So, um, they they when when they got to that point, that's when they really hit the ground sort of running a bit better. And and then when they played Cthulhu, like they were on point with that. That that was you know pretty much spot on. And, and I think Lars is playing with a click now, as we found out from the COVID, when they came out of COVID and he was playing the TV shows, mm-hmm. everything was more on album tempo, wasn't right. it? And he wasn't rushing, he wasn't pushing it all the time. Yep. And and I think y- you could tell that even there, they've worked out the right tempo for the song live and he was and he was sticking to them with That's the great. odd mistake that Lars always makes. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, the, the the new stuff sounded brilliant. And um, they'd got the guitar mix a bit better at that point where I was.
1: <laughs> yeah, so nice.
2: it, I could actually hear James properly.
1: <laughs> there you go.
2: So although when Kirk Solo came on again, it was still really hot where I was. But I think I was just because I was – would used you to, to, stay to stage left, don't you, if you're on stage. Yes. But I was stage right as you looked at it, yeah. I, I was yes. stage right, and I think I was just getting more of Kirk's sound from – they have some speaker cabs on stage, right. don't they? And I think that's Kirk that side. So maybe that's what I was picking up. I don't know. If
1: you, if, if you <laughs> so. want the, the, the exact terms in the biz. So if you're on stage and you're on the left, you're stage left. But if you're out front, it's stage left is called house right. Or where you were, you were uh, house, right, house left. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking house. of front of house, of course.
2: Yes, yes, that makes sense now. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, so now,
1: next left. time you go to a Metallica show, you're like, all right, everybody, we're going house left. And they're like, what? Like, just follow me. I know the terms.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think next time, I'm going to do what you suggested and go to the mixing desk and try and get a better mix.
1: <laughs> right. That's kind of the balance, though, or the trade-off is like, if you're up close, you get a great view of the band. You get to see him up close. You get to see James's hand moving yeah. fast or Lars, whatever. The downside of that is that sonically it doesn't sound as good, but if you're, by, if you're somewhat, or if you're even like, let's say you know 20 to 30 feet in front of the mixing console you'll get a better mix but not as good a view of the band so you have to kind of find that balance and what you like and i usually prefer the the latter but um to each their own right some people go on the rail every single show maybe they don't care as much about sonics but i want to not only do i want to experience where it sounds the best i want to watch the whole production too i want to see what the video guys are up to and what the lighting's up to and stuff like that pirate yeah too. i felt
2: i missed a bit of that at the front yeah because you, you you got the lights and you can see how they've tied it all in with the theme of each song and everything and it looks mm-hmm. brilliant but you, you do lack that holistic view of everything don't you i think <laughs> yeah. when you're that close but yeah but you put you, you gain exactly what you've just said like there's james like literally i could almost touch him mm-hmm. and like and he looks great like he looks so fit and well and he seems happy yeah and um you know kirk looked well uh, Rob looked great, you know. Saw Greeny up close. Yeah, you know, uh, that's so cool. Just things like that, like just like that's stuff that like uh, that I'll always remember. So you know, I, I'll I'll take the payoff of not hearing it as well, just right. for that vibe. I think. Yeah,
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. And to
2: have Lars, to have Lars right there, like you don't expect that at any show, do you? And that was like, because usually he's just at the back, and that's where he has yeah. to stay. But to have him. Literally, like, he was like staring straight at all of us because we were literally facing him. Yeah. Like, he was stood, he was sat with his face to the high hat, like proper going at his high hat. And he could and he was eyeballing us and doing all his last spitting and like sticking mm-hmm. his tongue out and all that
1: vibe <laughs> Yeah, totally, man. <laughs> that, total... Now, that's an exciting thing. I mean, the closest I got to him was when uh, I went to the Birmingham show in Alabama and got on the rail with Clint and Sarah Sobeck and so at one point rob was there at one point james was right there and i'm like five feet away from them and at the you know that was just one drum kit on that tour so at the end of the show when lars came out to kind of spit water and throw his sticks out he came right to the edge where we were and it was like man this is so cool we're so close you know it's like you don't often need to experience that but i feel like every metallica metallica fan at some point needs to ride the rail and experience it you know from that perspective yeah, definitely it's, it's worth it one like, at least one just- time
2: it was just insane, and I felt, you know, it was nice that they were then at the other side of the snake pit for the other fans at the rail as well, because, um, you know, we obviously were spoiled on this side for a few songs, and then they got a taste of it towards the end mm-hmm. when they did Sandman and stuff, but right. they, towards the end, it sounded brilliant. The only downside, Lars's bass drum on one was probably about the only downside, I think, at that point, you know, the machine gun part, Yeah. but, yeah. Were there any other...
1: Were there any other, so after, you know, You Must Burn, Cthulhu, Unforgiven, Rome, Moth, Battery, Whiskey, One, Sandman, any other, like, big highlights for you? Or, I mean, I'm assuming...
2: Whiskey was was great. Um, Yeah. Because, obviously, James is a massive Phil Linnett fan, as he mentioned at the acoustic show they did last year when they did Borderline. Right. And and he he made a point, again, of saying, like, you know, uh, one of my favorite people, Phil Linnett, you know, thinking of you, Phil, you know, that type of thing. That was nice to see. That's cool. I've not seen Moth because I haven't seen him live as a paying customer since 96.
1: oh wow so to
2: hear them yeah I did. one thing and another uh, previous marriage uh, kind of lost track of the stuff that I really loved and yeah. then kind of bonded back with the things that I loved when I, I you know I got with my um, my wife mm-hmm. so finally getting back into my old loves and then at that point death my came out and I probably should have gone then yeah but I didn't and that, then that was a cool so tour. this is the, the yeah it was the first chance I sort of had to see them where I could go. Yeah. So, uh, yes, it's been been a long time since I've seen him, so well, you definitely, was nice to hear Moth.
1: You definitely made the right call, n- not only just to see him in general, but if you had not seen them since, what would you say, 95? 90, 96. 96. I mean, shoot, yeah, yeah so that's, that's a what, while ago. Years. That, was the, yeah, that was the year I graduated <laughs> high school, so... <laughs> I mean... Yeah, at their age now, it's been 26 years or 27 years, whatever. It was time, dude. I'm glad you got to go and I'm glad you got to experience a, a great set list that, that honestly did because they, they kept the no repeat weekend going for this festival. It was cool because you, you, you didn't really get them like their, they have like the festival friendly kind of set list and stuff like that. I'm kind of glad they did this yeah. still because you still got some cool, unique stuff.
2: Yeah, because obviously I, the moth and whiskey you know, well, whiskey's unusual. It was nice to see moth, mm-hmm. um, to get Rome. I mean, they don't always play Rome, do they? So yeah. it's nice to hear Rome rather than, you know, sad. I mean, I love true, but sure. it's nice to hear a different cut from the black album. Yeah. And then, um, I've mean, got Sandman at the end, which, you know, you're always going to hear that at some point in the Metallica weekend,
1: <laughs> aren't you? Yeah.
2: And one is just always brilliant. live. They had so much pyro and they've got that new montage where they show the soldiers kind of walking with pictures of like, the war flyers and the adverts from the war bonds and stuff like mm. that. And it's quite evocative. Yeah. So that, that was brilliant. That's brilliant. Cool. I mean, the song's still great. Oh Just yeah. Of course. It's, played, it's still, it's still <laughs> right. a great song.
1: Oh, it absolutely so, is. But, I mean,
2: I think Cthulhu was probably my highlight because yeah. like I do, I proper love that song and like to hear them do it like live. Cause I'd already, I've heard them do Orion live Yeah. by virtue of working, working download when they played the, the, they played the whole of Master of Puppets in two thousand and six from back to front. Oh right, yeah. And they played a rhyme, but I was working, so I, because I was busy, I caught, I heard it, but I was busy doing other things, so uh, I, I couldn't really enjoy it. So that was but basically I
1: I that was the other show you air quote saw.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I was so busy, I didn't really get much <clears throat> chance, but it was on in the background. Yeah, and I right. got a pick that day because they right. fell between the rail and and the stage, so. We were in that gap, so I was able to pick them up but the fans couldn't.
1: Oh, uh, that's cool. That's <laughs> I awesome. I felt
2: really bad about, it, but I was like, I'm a fan too, I'm a diehard. So <laughs> I'm to pick. Sorry. I'm not, <laughs> I'm
1: not just selling beer out here, I'm a fan.
2: <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so um it was nice to hear Cthulhu, yeah. Uh I remember that, like I borrowed Gary lent me the tape with justice on it, and he lent me the actual wax for ride the lightning. Yeah. And I remember playing it, and because it's such a different sound. Like, that's the good thing with Metallica. I know people have mentioned that now with the similarities between Hardwired and 72 sound-wise. Um, but that's such a different sounding album. And I remember listening to Call of Cthulhu, because obviously got to live us to die in justice, which is, again, another fantastic instrumental, which I wish they would play. I know, me too. Um, yeah, and then Cthulhu just has that different vibe. And it's such a much more classical piece, isn't it? And, mm-hmm. and and with the kettle drums and the way that the Cliff was doing the sound on his bass, the sound like the the monster rising from the DJ. Yeah, it's just totally. Great. It's just an atmospheric song. Absolutely. And they played, um, they played the intro tape for that. It was the S&M tape, um, the, the S&M um, orchestration that's on the S&M concerts. So yeah. That's how it's coming on and people going, what's this? I'm going, it's Cthulhu. Yeah, there
1: you yeah. go. <laughs> That's cool, Sorry. man. That's yeah, so exciting, dude. Well, I'm 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 so glad you got to at least go to one of the nights, and especially like you said, that blows my mind. You had not seen them since '97. Um, yeah. And, and what a what a cool just thing smart, to do. Even and, and you know what? Even yeah. you know going by yourself. Some I mean, shoot, I've gone to shows by myself. Like if friends can't go or don't want to go or whatever, it's like, man. Sometimes it's kind of nice just to go by yourself, and then you don't really have. I'm not saying your friends are a distraction, but sometimes you know during a show with your buddies, you're like in between songs you want to talk like dude that was cool or did you hear him do that or whatever but sometimes it's nice just to sit there by yourself and just absorb it and just enjoy be in the moment and and, and enjoy your favorite band
2: that was definitely one of the things like i think i know my wife was concerned i was going i'm not like oh you know you like i'm gonna get some bad's gonna happen i'm 45 for <laughs> oh, like, right i think it yeah i think it was more like she was thinking oh well aren't you gonna be like lonely and i was kind of like not really i mean like you do lots of things on your own as a grown-up yeah. baby, and it's just an extension of that really always but yeah i think if if i hadn't gone i would have regretted it and, that, mm-hmm. and i think that was the tip that was the tipping point for me I, I, I need to go and then like you say when you're on your own you haven't got to think like oh so-and-so needs to eat or so-and-so might need the bathroom we got to hold a space or yeah like you say you have that little combo after each song like Oh, what did you think to that? Oh, that was brilliant. I wasn't. You just could just focus on it and not really get too distracted by anything. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, it was enjoyable. Plus, eating all that bad food as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That you can do alone for sure. Yeah, definitely. That's all you need Uh, is some bad fried food. Say again sorry. i said all you need is bad fried food beer and metallica and say that's a good night
2: yeah that was, <laughs> that was pretty much it although my um my um guts aren't pleasing me like now <laughs> yeah worth it uh, neither, neither is my body yeah it was definitely worth it absolutely yeah that's
1: awesome yeah. well alan i can't thank you enough for doing the episode man this has been really fun chatting with you and getting to hear your story and i love that we kind of went all over the map musically and and uh yeah. yeah thank you again for taking time out of your day i know you just finished work and you're in the car and it's it's you know you, you, we made it happen no problem it's a
2: pleasure to talk to you finally it's, i've been dying to get on one of the uh, metal tales and i thought it might be 95 or the uh, other show i saw but right. it's much easier to talk about one you've just seen isn't it really <laughs> oh yeah yeah
1: it's fresh in the brain yeah i mean I, I i've referenced you know my first metallica show which was in australia on the death magnetic tour and uh oftentimes I have to pull the set list up again. I'm like, I don't remember what they played, <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs>
1: but, uh, th- uh, I was thinking
2: that like i would nominated myself for that 95 show and luckily the whole video is on YouTube. Yeah. So I, I kind of rewatched it and I sent a message to Gary one night. Cause I was up late watching it. And I was like the 95 show is on YouTube and it, and it's exactly as, I, as we both remember. Yeah. It. That's cool. So, which is good.
1: That's awesome. But, um, awesome.
2: It's, uh, it's a real pleasure to talk to you and like much props to you and Clint for like this show, man. Like, you, you've kept everyone going through lockdown. I mean, I, I had to work through lockdown because of my job, but um, right. you kept me going on drives to work. Um, and, you know, it's so nice to hear people talk about Metallica, like you, like you yourself perceive them. And yeah. we, I love the show. I listen all the time, as you know, and yeah, it's grand. And it's a pleasure to be a patron because you guys put out some such quality content that it's worth it, you know? So, well, thank do the, you. <laughs> well, I,
1: I appreciate the kind words, man. That means, that means a ton. I, I, I really mean that and uh yeah thanks again for being here no problem cheers ethan cheers take care mate
0: hey everyone clinton ethan here and we want to tell you about a little thing called patreon Patreon is an easy and interactive way to support the people who make the things that you love. For as little as five bucks a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast
1: can continue to grow in quality and content. That's equivalent to a cup of coffee or a beer once a month.
0: Not only is it easy and affordable, but we've made it a priority since day one to give back to our Patreon community. We've given away deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, black and whiskey, concert tickets to SNM2 and Slain Castle, all four of our cover our world black and EPs. 26 quarantine covers and Lunar Satan demos. Invitations to exclusive Zoom happy
1: hours. The ability to ask our guests like Jay Weinberg of Slipknot, Lizzie Hale, and members of the Metallica
0: crew your very own questions. And eligibility for our Metal Tales series where you can be a guest on Metal Up Your Podcast and tell us all about a notable Metallica show you've been to. Subscribe to Patreon today and immediately get access to years worth of bonus content. Thank you for supporting the people who make the things that you love. Peace. Adios. I can't talk about it anymore. It's giving me a headache. Here, take two of these. Ah, new print. Little. Yellow. Different.